everybody, this is Amazing Fantasy Football. I am Josh, and over there is the Rigs to my Murdoch. Christopher. And Chris he is. I'm too How you old doing tonight, this... Chris? Wait, no, you're too old for this. Anyway. I'm too I am too old for this shit. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'm doing wonderful. I'm doing wonderful. Uh kind of like our buddy in uh chat over here, old uh, Wonder Tech uh, showing up uh, early on time. Nice. So we are amazing fantasy football. Um, Chris, you're having a good night. I'm doing okay too, Chris. Thanks for asking. How you doing, buddy? Um, I am doing pretty good. It has been an interesting week in the life of Josh, my professional life, but it's a, not a bad thing. Just interesting, different, you know, kind of exciting, not arousing, but just exciting. Um, just beating Wonder Tech with a punch there. Anyways, so we are here to talk about some news, which, Chris, I believe you have some news for us. There's a lot of injuries and things to keep an eye on this week. And unfortunately, not a lot to really like. There's some hopes and dreams that are go that are for week three. There's some probably nots and then a whole lot of big old question marks. Chris, why don't you kick us off? Uh, we'll go by position tonight. Uh, Trey Lance, uh, ankle injury uh, is on the IR, had surgery to repair two injuries on his ankle. Uh, he's done mm -hmm. for the year. Uh, in comes the aforementioned, not aforementioned, not tonight. Uh, in comes Jimmy G. Uh, Justin Herbert, uh, ribs, uh, as we all saw that night. Uh, limited practice Thursday. Says he's more comfortable now than Monday. Word of the day, kids, is flak jacket. That's the word. Alvin Kamara, ribs, uh, in getting a limited practice in this week for old Alvin Kamara with his ribs. Uh, CMC, uh, this popped up, I think, I feel like just today, maybe. Uh, ankle injury, limited practices, sounds precautionary, but uh, sounds you know. be a crunch wrap supreme this week. He sounds like he's good to go, like a crunch wrap supreme. Come yeah, on, like we talked about this like a I week know, or two ago. Just, just, Give it the times, man. Give it <laughs> the times from... 12 years ago yeah right <laughs> jk dobbins knee questionable he should have been uh should just been put on the pup uh, with his knee recovering from tearing his acl yeah because we're hitting what three weeks now uh yeah we'll it see. actually it actually he got in full practice it sounds like all this week and maybe good to go for for week three uh coach john harbaugh says when jk dobbins is ready he'll be out there no a lot uh, James Conner, questionable with an ankle injury. Did not practice Wednesday. Keep a watch. Important to note that uh, Daryl Williams and Eno Benjamin finished Sunday's games with pretty equal amounts of touches. Yeah, I heard that somewhere, that it was kind of a just like even down the middle split uh, when there was no Conner for the brief time there wasn't. And the uh, it was like a lot of people thought, and I th Chris, I think you called it in the preseason, is that Daryl Williams is kind of more maybe the guy that's going to step up if Connor gets hurt versus getting playing time while he's on, while Connor is healthy and on the field and, you know, mm. Benjamin will be the one spelling Connor. Did you not say, I swear you, I swear you said that in you, some preseason. You're saying show. that I said that, uh, Daryl Williams would be the substitute for Connor, but, you know, would be kind of the complimentary back while Connor's healthy. Yes. Yeah. I think I suggested something along those lines. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It looks like you're right, dude. Oh yeah. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. I guess. Um, Let's hope Connor stays healthy for fantasy's sake. Uh, Damien Harris, uh, knee injury, uh, questionable. Uh, not expected to be serious, but uh, he was seen grabbing his knee after a carry late in the game. Harris told a report after the game, I'm fine, dog. Uh, Leonard Fournette, a hammy. Uh, limited practices uh, so far. It is being said that the Bucks are just managing his injury by limiting, limiting. Yeah, He's going to get veteran pre preference 
-hmm. Wednesdays, if not Thursdays also. On to the receiver position, Jerry Judy, shoulder, ribs, uh, kind of piling up there. Uh, questionable, left the Broncos week two game with initial thought to, to be a shoulder injury, but head coach uh, Hackett said the injury is Judy's ribs. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Quetz Watkins, kind of a random name here, but I felt like he flashed. I don't know, man. Bit. He had a he, good week, too. He flashed a little bit. Yeah, didn't he? Uh, illness, uh, mispractice Wednesday. Uh, Keenan Allen, here we go. Hammy sandwich. Uh, that, that's a hamstring, folks, just for those of you. you know, Hammy sandwich. Uh, Allen has been taking part in individual drills. This uh, when I told Daniel Popper of The Athletic. Uh, he has got a shot to play this week. Uh, Chris Godwin. Same thing. Hamstring has not been practiced. I'm sorry, knee slash hamstring has not been practicing so far this week. Outlook isn't good for his week three status. Mike Evans, um, suspension, of course. Uh, Mike Evans has it's been suspended us. for the week three game uh, due to a fight with Saints. Marshawn Lattimore. Yeah, I believe it's the second time he's been suspended for fighting with Marshawn Lattimore. Yep. I think that's for reals. Correct. Uh, Michael Pittman, quad, limited practices so far this week. Uh, Devin Duvernay in concussion protocol. Uh, Gabe Davis, ankle, hurt his ankle last Saturday in practice and missed Bill's Monday night game. I think he's good to go. I think he's a he's a contract supreme or whatever the heck you call it. Yep. Uh, or at least he's, he said as much. He's not a doctor, though, may I remind you folks. He just plays one on TV. Uh, Julio, uh, where are we here? A knee, questionable. Uh, Julio missed week two. And if he does this week, Russell Gage... Um, Gage, Gage, a little bit about yeah, that yeah. too, but anyway, Julio still isn't practicing this week. There's speculation on whether the box being cautious with Julio, or if he legit cannot practice. Well, I mean, caution would be the way I would lean when you know Mike Evans is going to miss, and it's all signs pouring into Godwin, Godwin missing. So I think you need Julio and Gage, uh, not necessarily in your fantasy lineups, but as a, as a Bucks, you know. I think you need the them game. in your fantasy lineups too if they're not playing. Yeah, that's I mean, a possibility. Yeah. Uh, Michael Gallup knee slash ACL full practice on Thursday. Yeah, uh, dude, I was surprised to read that today. Yeah, um, I think he's gonna be on pitch count to go to one of your favorite baseball records. I want to <laughs> slap you so bad. <laughs> that's the reason why I use it every time. Honestly, that's the only reason. Um, so no, I think he might. There's a possibility he's gonna get out there, but. I don't know. Oh, and I didn't put it in the news, but there was some bullshit going around mm -hmm. about Dak maybe playing this week. No, no, no. He's he's he he was. Um, I think it was a practice. Since we ball. were on, since we were talking about the Cowboys, I was like, I'll throw it in. Yeah, there, I think it was a practice ball. He was gripping and throwing practice balls. Was he gripping and ripping? Or training balls or whatever they call them. I'm something like that. He was grabbing balls. Got it. Mm-hmm. Okay. But not a real NFL football, and not not to the degree that you would need to in a in a game. So, but anyway, but uh, grabbing balls nonetheless. Got some more receivers to finish up here. Alan Lazard ankle non-participant in practice today. It's Thursday, may I remind you folks. Uh, it is thought that Lazard will play in Week Three, and that holding him out today was precautionary. Uh, yeah, he played so. last week, and he was I mean he was out there a lot. So he only got he only got like three targets maybe or three catches. I can't remember which. So it was a disappointing week last week, but, you know, he was out there. Looked okay. Mm -hmm. And one of the reasons that is most important is both Christian Watson and Sammy Watkins have hamstring injuries. Uh, I think that popped up today also Thursday, like mm -hmm. midweek or whatever. One of those pop-ups in the middle of practice type of things. Hamstrings did not practice Thursday. Uh, I'm starting to think no one practiced for the Packers today. 
No, but in all seriousness, you gotta. That, that's worrisome, especially with the receiver position, especially with a hamstring, especially midweek, like a Thursday thing. Uh, Hunter Renfro, concussion, a non participant Wednesday's practice. He'll need to get at least practice in Friday to have a real shot to play on uh, to play on Sunday. Uh, Van Jefferson, knee, not practicing. Sounds like he's missing week three. I mentioned him a week or two ago about, hey, keep an eye out. You know, maybe you can, if you've got a roster spot to burn, you could snag him before it's too late. But it's looking like, hey, keep waiting, honestly. No reason to jump on him now. Maybe, maybe, maybe I mean, if you want to get in on, I mean, if you really want to get in on Van Jefferson, um, this was I'm a good just, matchup. It was a good matchup this week to, to grab him. But, I mean, if you say come Sunday bad, morning yeah. and you have a roster spot, maybe pick up Van Jefferson now. And that way you don't have to burn any fab for him come Tuesday. I did mention it last week in hopes of I know. Per- participating in this matchup. But yeah, I said, if you're, I said, you, you know, like I said, you, you mentioned it. And I was I'm like, if you want, if you're into Van Jefferson, not really sure why, but if you are, I think it's trying to it. capture some uh, Robert Woods, some, Odell some lightning in a bottle. Yeah, there you go. They are the char- uh, they aren't the Chargers, they're the Rams. But their helmets look a lot like the Chargers. I don't like that. Anyway, um, Chargers were redone also. Uh, George Kittle, uh, onto the tight end position. George Kittle with a groin injury, limited practices this week. Niners are optimistic he'll make his 2020 debut in week three. Dalton and Schultz. Hope, yeah. hope, hope in one hand and poop in the other. And, exactly. Dalton Schultz, a knee, sprained his PCL, I believe it was. Pretty sure I saw in practice at all this week. I don't think he's going to play. I'm pretty sure he's I don't think so out. either. He is out. Um, so, okay. So, Michael so we'll Gallup might play. streamers for you folks that are missing Schultz and Kittle. Or, well, we'll see about Kittle. But, yep. Go ahead. What were you saying, Josh? Um, let's just let's just skip ahead to, or let's just talk about some Cowboys wide receiver. One in particular. I want to talk about one Mr. Noah Brown. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How do you feel about Noah Brown, Chris? Uh, given the Gallup news, I think it's uh, at best. You think it's just going to fade? Yeah, well, once Gallup's back, yeah. There's no way they're not playing Gallup over Noah Brown. Noah Brown's been a, a fan favorite, a, a coaching favorite, coaching staff favorite. He's been with the with him for over four years, like five or six years, I think. And he's a great oh, blocker. Really? Yeah, he's a he's a well he's a big receiver. Um, he looked okay last week. But yeah, you're right. I was very impressed. He, he's been one of my favorites. I probably had him on the Dynasty Squad two years ago with some hope that he might break through and just never happened. Um, no, I think Gallup's a better player, t- more talented guy, assuming health, of course. Uh, yeah, but hey, maybe this report but, is kind of false. But with Schultz out, I mean, no Brown's well, still an option. Somebody's got to catch the ball. Uh, maybe we'll talk about that later on. Too. <laughs> Certainly not CeeDee Lamb. He was okay last week. I know. I'm making a joke. Yeah. In terms of real football, he was he was he was he was good. In terms of fantasy, he was fine. I guess. Yeah. Whatever. But yeah, maybe we'll talk about some of those targets later on in the show. Chris, I think you got some running backs that you want to wow us with. Wow us with. Mm -hmm. Um, Start off. Yeah. Why not? Sounds good to me. Um, I've got a one Miles Sanders for you to mm. ponder this week. Uh, I don't think there's much pondering. I think he's, I don't know if he's a must-start, must-start, but I like I like what I've seen from Sanders so far this yeah, year, so I sure. like this. He leads all backs with a uh, 53% snap, all Philly backs, uh, with a 53% snap share over the first two weeks, which isn't great, but 
He does lead all Philly backs with three red zone attempts uh, and has one score from the red zone. Uh, Washington is giving up 157, their opponent this week, uh, Washington is giving up 157 rushing yards per game, including 191 to Detroit last week, uh, including a league-leading uh, 7.5 yards per attempt while simultaneously giving wow. up the second-most fantasy points to the running back position. Nice. He is a solid flex, if not an R smash RB2 this week. I think he's a smash RB2 this week. Yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm making a face at you because... Sorry. That you said you said that you said flex. I'm like, what? No, yeah. no, yeah. no, well. <laughs> no, 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 no. Sorry. Uh, no, I like I like that a lot, dude. Um, yeah. So Miles Sanders there. only has one touchdown this year. Do you know how do you know how, what kind of an improvement percentage wise that is from last year? 100 percent improvement. His <laughs> output. No, that would still be zero. Two times zero is still zero. Oh, fine. Whatever. <laughs> Just saying. Whatever. And then Mitch runs one in. That bastard. Uh, <laughs> okay, my first wide receiver here. Let me flip this over uh, here. And uh, I'm going to scroll up to... And scrolling and scrolling. Um, I'm going to save that one for last. My first wide receiver is T. Higgins. Tiggins, as we like to call him. The love affair between Tiggins and AFFB is well documented. Let the love roll on this week. Tiggins got a, a concussion in week one, but got back to playing last week and had himself a pretty darn good game. Um, it was against the Cowboys. Sorry about that, Chris. But, you know, it wasn't. I'm pretty sure Diggs was on Jamar Chase and Chase's stat line kind of showed of it. I mean, Diggs had a couple good plays uh, um, defending Chase last week. So anyways, uh, Tiggins outscored Chase and was wide receiver 16 last week, and he caught six of his 10 targets. That's 10 targets just last week, folks. Um, for 71 yards and a, a touchdown. Not a world breaker but uh, performance, but a very solid overall one. Um, this week, Tiggins and the Bengals get the Jets. If Cincy isn't salivating in a chance to right the ship, then there, then there really is a Super Bowl hangover curse or mm. whatever the hell it's called. So I like me some Tiggins this week. What's your next guy, Chris? Uh, yeah, they just they need to keep Burrow upright. He's he's getting destroyed. Yeah, that offensive line there. is yeah having no, some they, problems. They've gone up against uh, they've gone up against a couple good pass rushes, but but I digress. Um, I should have uh, gone and done two in a row because uh, I'm going to piggyback on that exact very same matchup on the other side of the ball and gives you a Gibson McKissick sandwich uh, because similar to Sanders, it's not all roses. Uh, in terms of uh, uh, running back by committee and snap share, etc., with a Gibson, he's he's uh, he's still in a, in a in a timeshare, if you will. Uh, but I'm doubling up on this uh, matchup at hand because I think it's gonna be a lot higher scoring than they're giving it credit. Uh, Probably Gibson does have a 59% snap share on the season, but uh, this is kind of a good or bad thing. More bad, really. He has been buoyed by a, a eight target seven catch game in week one and a touchdown in week two otherwise he hasn't been very good on the ground averaging only 3.07 yards per carry nonetheless yes. he and mckissick get an eagles defense giving up the sixth most fantasy points to running backs one and a half touched rushing touchdowns per game and are second worst in the league in yards per attempt uh, the over/under is 46 and a half. Again, I think they're they're off. I think it's going to be a bit higher scoring. Maybe they're looking at it from a divisional matchup thing, and that's always kind of a low-scoring affair. Maybe they're looking at it like uh, 
Carson Wentz versus his old team. Maybe they have his number type of thing. I don't. I don't know. I don't necessarily get it. I think these two defenses are pretty bad, and there's going to be and the offenses aren't too shabby I, either, uh, especially when you talk about the Eagles' uh, offense. Um, do, so yeah, so yeah, yeah. Like uh, Gibson McKissick. Obviously, Gibson is more of your your. I don't know what is he. Probably an RB two. Clearly, uh, McKissick is more of a. If you need somebody to flex and you're in a PPR, obviously most of us are in a PPR, but definitely a full PPR. Give McKissick a long hard look. If you're not playing in some sort of PPR, right, right, right. We don't like you. Yeah, yeah. But I would definitely give McKissick a harder look and a full. PPR. Um. The one thing I have to say is that the Eagles defense really kind of shut down the Vikings offense last week. They did. They did. I did look at that rushing uh, matchup. I was like, ooh, they really shut Cook down. They did. They kind of shut down the entire offense, man. Like, I barely squeaked out a dynasty win last week. Yeah, yeah. But I'm looking for some, I mean, uh, I'm sorry. uh, Gibson did Cook was RB43 last week. It was was awful. It was awful. But Gibson did have this uh, eight target, seven catch week. McKissick is obviously... You know, he's getting four or five a game. He's, 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 it would be no surprise to see him get eight targets in a, in a comeback affair or what have you. So I wanted to include them both in that, uh, but obviously a little bit on a different uh, spectrum of their, of the rankings. But uh, yeah, yeah, uh, matchup. I'm all over that matchup, as you can clearly set, tell by my first 2.5 running backs. <laughs> um, so since, since we are talking about that matchup, Chris, mm-hmm. I feel like I need to talk about some Curtis Samuel here. Chris, I feel like um, my love for Curtis Samuel came a season too early. I was kind of all over him last year, you know? Um, And and then this, some dude that we can never seem to name right properly came in as their quarterback. And was it Tatum Herring? No, no, it was uh, Toby Hankins. Okay. I'm not sure who that is, but you're, you're probably closer than I am. Anyways, and I'm starting to wonder, Chris, if the Colts were the problem last year and it wasn't Carson Wentz. I'm really starting to wonder uh, that. I, that's easy to say after week two. I have said this numerous times that Carson Wentz got a raw deal at the end of last year because in week 17, 18, when the Colts needed a win and in and they fell apart against Jacksonville, that was the entire team's fault, not just Carson Wentz. And I'm starting to wonder if Frank Reich is... I mean, look at think about it this way with the Colts. So I'm not just to just to digress for a second. Frank Reich started. He, if you remember, the Colts initially wanted Josh McDaniels to be their head coach. Josh McDaniels is the guy who brought in, I believe, Nick Sirianni, who is now the head coach of the Eagles. He also brought in Matt Eberflus, who's now the head coach of the Chicago Bears. Frank Reich didn't bring those guys in, but now those guys are gone. And even last year, Nick Mm. Sirianni was already gone. Is Frank Reich just not a very good head coach and that it was actually these guys that were making the team better? I'm starting to, I'm really starting to wonder, dude. I'm, I'm going to give the Colts a mulligan for this week because it's the Chiefs, but they got to at least show some improvement. I mean, or I have to at least appreciate the angle you're taking. Yeah. I don't agree at this, at this point in time, but at least it's not some conspiracy stuff. I mean, it's, it's got, it's uh, grounded in some reality, you know, I'll put it that way. Anyways, uh, so back to back to Curtis Samuel and Carson Wentz here. Wentz has made some mistakes for the Commanders so far this year, but he's also been slinging the rock all over the damn place, dude. Like he's not looked terrible. Like like I said, like some mistakes. Um, anyways, Curtis Samuel is is in on eighty point one percent of the team snaps, garnering 
23% of the team's targets. That's more than Jahan Dotson, the rookie, the veteran Terry McLaurin, Antonio Gibson, or Logan Thomas. He is number one targeted person on that team by Carson Wentz. Samuel is currently the wide receiver nine, averaging over 17 points per game. It may only be a two-week blip, but why not ride the hot hand here? The commanders get the Eagles this week, who held the Vikings in check last week, but gave up big games to Amon Ross St. Brown and a pretty decent game to DJ Chark. Curtis Samuel, dude. I I have picked him up anywhere I possibly could in every Mm -hmm. league. Because, I mean, even... Even this week, he was still available, and I was just like, dude, yes. Like, I picked him up over the, the garbage at running back out there. Like, every single league I'm in, there is garbage available for running backs. So, I'm like, might as oh, well pick awful. up Curtis Samuel. Yeah, of course, it's awful. We expected as much, yeah. I made, a, I made a tweet earlier this week that I was like, I really wish I would have went running back, running back, running back, running back, running back, running back. This is terrible. You know? Anyways, uh, who's terrible. your next guy? I've got a, uh, I got Mr. Damian Pierce. Um, he's averaging 14 touches per game on the season, uh, but has faced two solid run defenses in Denver and Indianapolis. Uh, Denver is giving up the least fantasy points to the running back position on the season, and Indy is second in the league with a very low 2.7 yards per attempt. Uh, week one snap percentage was. Rex Burkhead 71% to Pierce's 29. However, week two, almost kind of flip-flop to Rex at 37%, Pierce at 62%. Um, interestingly enough, I don't have much on the matchup that he's playing against this week. That's weird. I've got that he's got Flexworthy written all over him. But I'd like Keep to going. know a little bit more about his opponent here, Christopher, who we talked about earlier. Yeah, we picked uh, Pierce for that question we had earlier. No, we picked the other guy. Did we really? Yep. Who was... I can never remember anything I say during this thing. Anyway, uh, he's playing it was, it was Daryl Henderson. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, I would still do that again. Um, but uh, they're playing the Bears uh, this week, so not the very good. Who are giving um, up the eighth, eighth most points to running backs. There you go. So that just just helped you out there, buddy. Yeah, appreciate that. Appreciate that. Not sure what happened with Mister Chris's notes there, folks. They took a wrong turn. No, if you make your wife call you Mister Chris, I am no longer a fan of your wife or you. <laughs> what? I'm... A for going along with it, and B. It yeah, come. I don't know why I said that. I just said that. Okay, on to your next receiver, <laughs> sir. My next receiver is help me. Chris... I'm drowning. <laughs> Chris's nemesis. Alan Robinson, the guy who Chris would trip if he was on crutches. No, you're not. Here's no, why no, you shouldn't give up on A-Rob just yet. He um, has run 97% of the routes per uh, 97% of the routes per Matt Stafford's dropbacks. More than Cooper Cup. He's been on uh, in on 94.7% of the team's snaps. He was virtually ignored in week one, but then he got five targets last week. And, and one of those targets, he caught a, cut, caught a touchdown. I like Allen Robinson going up to what has been an extremely poor Cardinals defense this week. I Like I said, I like Allen Robinson against the, the Cardinals this week. The Cardinals are, I mean, they're kind of spiraling out of control. Like, I would say the Colts are the biggest surprise, but I think the Cardinals are actually the biggest surprise as to the team that is just, I mean, I'm kind of gobsmacked of like how bad they, that they've been considering like the Colts get a pass because Matt Ryan's and then aging Matt Ryan is their quarterback. What about the Cardinals and 
Kyler Murray. Uh, like, it's just I, I know it, that their Kyler doesn't have a plethora of weapons around him, but man, it is not good. Like that offensive line for the Cardinals is really really bad. Their defense isn't helping them at all. So, and because of that, Allen Robinson, dude, I like him to have another good game this week. And then maybe consider have trading him away just in case Chris is right and Allen Robinson is washed. Just in case just in case they think they can get more out of Van Jefferson and comp and company, if you will. Yeah. Uh and more on Rams players in a little bit. Oh boy. Okay. Uh onward with my next uh running back. A horrible edit. I'm firing my editor tonight. Uh Javante Williams. The one editing. I'm firing you. <laughs> What? Don't? No. Don't, don't, don't. Fired. And like I'm the one who edited this. Oh, heavens no. Javante Williams. I wanted to include Javante even though he has a, a tough matchup versus the Niners. First of all, while San Fran is seventh best in fantasy points given up to backs and a league best 2.6 yards per attempt. Excuse me. That has been versus the horrible Bears and Seahawks rushing attacks. And Jerry Judy missed practice again today, so... I like Javante to get plenty of targets and dump offs to have a nice PPR day and help you as more of an RB2 versus a stingy Niners rush defense. Uh, for a little update on how it's looking versus uh, uh, Mr. Gordon, uh, Javante is up to a 61 and a half snap share on this season and leads the league in uh, running back targets. So I, I wouldn't say he's leaving Gordon in the dust by any stretch, but these are clear indicators that he is the, it's I guess a- you could say, 1A. Okay, it's it's still close to a 60-40, but that's fine. I think their targets were split more fairly last year. Uh, even even if you throw snap percent, that's true. You are you're absolutely you're absolutely correct. So I think that's leaning in his favor lately. Uh, anyway, yeah, I I like him in you're this matchup uh, to to catch those balls, if you will. All right, my next guy is DJ Chark, a preseason sleeper of mine and Chris's. Chark had a pretty solid week one. Bit of a stinker last week. He uh, caught half of his eight targets for 52 yards and a touchdown. Like I said, pretty good, not great. Um, last week, we really don't need to talk about that, Chris. <laughs> just don't need to talk about it. Just, just kind of like the, the, the defense. Um, I love Chark this week, though. The Lions are playing the Vikings this week, whose defensive numbers might be anchored a touch by the, uh, playing the anemic Packers offense in week one. But last week on Monday Night Football, Monday Night Football part like 1.35 or something, considering the games overlap by like two-thirds. Why did they have them overlap? Why didn't one start at like five, and the other one started yeah. like eight? You're not the only one to bring that up by any stretch of the imagination. That's- Anyways, the Eagles went to pound town on the Packers, dude. Uh, Quez Watkins and Devonta Smith blazed past the Vikings secondary for 13.9 and 11.5 points. I say blazed because they were beating the Vikings deep. That is Chark's game. I like Chark to stretch the field against the Vikings secondary and stretch your fantasy points to a victory. Okay, kind of forced that one in there, but, you know, I'm not apologizing for it. Stretching you to a victory this week, DJ Chark. I'm starting him. And I think I only have him in one league this year, actually. But I'm going to start him in that league this week. I think it's a good matchup. Okay. I like it. On to my last running back of the evening here. I'm going to piggyback a little bit on the um, targets to be eaten up by a pass-catching running back shtick in uh, one Tony Pollard. Uh, and there's actually other reasons on top of that uh, to, to give Pollard a fair shake this week. Uh, Zeke is seeing career lows in target share due to Pollard's piece of the pie, if you will. Uh, seven targets last week for Pollard. 
they're seeing time on the field together, which makes sense when you have Schultz and multiple receivers banged up more. Uh, and it looks like Schultz, uh, again, aforementioned, uh, is going to miss a time again this week. I think Pollard picks up some of that slack like he did I like last it. week. I, You know, I was actually, I was kind of, A, I was wondering if you're going to do that. And B, I was mm. like, of course he is. He's a stupid Cowboys fan. Um, uh, I've, I've been pretty decent about leaving them alone, especially Zeke. He hasn't been worth talking about. That's not true at all. What? I didn't, did I, was like week one CD or something, maybe? Oh, and then anyway. and then like and then like week one was like Zeke and then week two was like Zeke again and then this is a lie, folks. And, I don't even do. And then it was like oh, week. then it was and then it was like oh god, Jack, rah rah, Jack's the greatest in the world. You doomed Dak to his injury, by the way. I, this is I don't know what you're talking about. I just, anyway, uh, to finish up with Pollard here, uh, da, 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 da. even though Pollard's snap share went down in week two versus week one, it went from 55% to 39%. He only lost the touch battle uh, 13 to 16 to Zeke uh, last week and scored a touchdown along with 18 fantasy points, which the last time I checked is the season high for any Dallas running back, 18 fantasy points. Furthermore, I think the team uh, has to and wants to run more with Cooper Rush under center. Therefore, there may be more early down work for Pollard, more rushes for Pollard as the weeks wear on. Uh, here's another tidbit. Uh, neither team has given up a rushing score. So the Giants, Cowboys, maybe we see uh, somebody break through. Hopefully Pollard. So yeah, I like that play a lot. Anyways. I. Anyways, yes, I do. I have one that's actually two, and my last two guys are the cheetah and the penguin. Yes, that's right. It's a little hanging fruit time. Chris, do you know who the cheetah and the penguin are? Uh, I would assume it is Tyreek Hill and uh, Jalen Waddle because uh, penguin. You got Waddles. it, buddy. You got it, dude. These two guys are freaking legit. Like we were saying in the off season, two kids support two wide receiver ones. Well, he's been doing it for two, for two weeks so far. Right now, uh, Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill are wide receivers four and five respectively. Ridiculous. They're both I know, they're it's both ridiculous. averaging twenty five points per game. Tua can can Tua support those wide receiver ones through this week? Maybe not. They get the Bills this week, so they're going to be truly put to the test. According to PFF, Hill gets the, by far the better matchup by 20 PFF points or whatever. Um, but these guys are still great. And don't you and don't you darn think about sitting either one of them. I mean, dude, how can like Cooper Cup put up 25.3 points against the Bills? So obviously one of these guys are going to go off. And why sit Waddle to the guy who um, who had like has been kind of like everyone's been like Amon Ross St. Brown has been a, a draft steal, like a, like a you know a, a league winner so far. And I'm like, Jalen Waddle kind of has been too, dude. If you like blew off wide receiver until like the fifth round and got Amon Ross St. Brown and Jalen Waddle, your team is straight legit so far. And it's a little early well, to call there's this. There's been first. some early, early round running back misses to be fair, like Cook so far, like the- all of them. Uh, I wouldn't go that far, but no. Either way, you All make a valid point about, about those, uh, I guess, fourth, fifth-round receivers. You still make a valid point about that, yeah. Anyways, so it's a little early to call it, Chris. Mm-hmm. A little early. But if they perform this week, are we potentially seeing, knock on wood, the 2022 Greatest Show on Turf? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna... to... Throw Gasicki in there too, getting his every once in a while. I want to see a you couple know? more weeks. I want to see a couple more weeks. I said it's early. 
It is. You did. You did. I said knock on wood. You said after this week, though. I said I want a couple more weeks. I said, no, I think it's by, if they blaze by the Bills this way, like if they Yeah, but they don't have a Marshall points. Falk back there. So it's just like, yeah, I see what you're saying with the opened up pass game. I think uh, one thing you didn't mention at the top, uh, in addition to uh, us and others wholeheartedly agreeing that Tua, can, I say wholeheartedly, agreeing that Tua can't support two fantasy viable receivers, much less two top 12 fantasy viable receivers. Uh, the, the scheme also, remember where uh, Mike McDaniel's coming from, from San Fran, they're run heavy. And I think maybe it just tips the hat to the uh, kind of that new hotness, kind of that young uh, uh, offensive-minded head coach that you've been. And a defense that isn't the greatest in the world either. If you're going to be run heavy, you got to have a good defense. That's probably true, but I feel like they're a good pass defense. Maybe that's another tip to hat to him that he's coaching to their strengths. Well, again, when you As have Waddle and Hill, when exactly when you have Waddle and Hill, I think he's doing the right thing. I'm just I'm just pointing out that Remember you can't last say, year too, you can't like say that was... about all coaches in the NFL is what I'm saying. So go right, what we yeah. said. I, well, like remember last year when Waddle was like his a dot was like four yards, you know, and that would be average depth of target yeah because um, we did for those people thought know. Tua couldn't throw deep etc yeah well that and well that was a product of their bad offensive line and Tua mm-hmm. can't throw deep apparently like and i did that video about Tua too and i was like the guy can throw deep i just like he needs time to throw yeah and they weren't giving him that and he's having a little bit more time to throw and i think oh, a little and and i think you have like so i did that video like two off seasons ago oh yeah yeah it was and ago, so that was sure, before yeah. jalen water before Waddle was drafted. Yeah, Waddle it was before drafted. Waddle yeah, was, was drafted. And now they got Tyreek Hill too. And man. And Tyreek and Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle are both guys that like they can take a five yard pass and make now, it into they, twenty yards too. Like they just now, because they they're, can afford they're, they're what, fast and elusive. Now whether they can afford them when Ty Hill's deal starts to come up and uh, uh Waddle's rookie deal starts to come up here and I guess Waddle has two more years. Three. Because he was a first-round pick? Yeah, I think yep. he was. Yeah, get a fifth-year option. Anyway, was that your last guy? Uh, guys, yeah. Uh, so let's let's move along to tight ends, and then we can do some BS at the end. Sounds good. Um, to go? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start with tight ends. Okay. My, this, this might be some low-hanging fruit, but so far this tight end has been – is tied with Albert O for the tight end 37 on the year. Um, This is the same guy who in week one put up – 5.8 points against uh, Alberto, that is, who put up 5.8 points against Seattle and then laid an egg for you last week in week two. So, I'm talking about Kyle Pitts here. Kyle oh. Pitts. He is, so far, the tight end 37 on the year. He's been downright useless. So, and this and this week, the Falcons are playing the Seattle. How did Seattle do against Ross Dwelly filling in for Kittle? Well, and side note here, if you have George Kittle on your team, it's the rare tight end handcuff that maybe you should have Ross Dwelly on your team too, especially now that Jimmy G is the, at the helm. Yeah, they showed the some Niners. chemistry last year for sure in Kittle's yeah. other I think, absences last I, like, year. Normally I'm not into like handcuffing like really anyone out in, in, out in, like, in redrafts, but if you have George Kittle on your team, you might as well have Ross Dwelly as well, you know? Just in case. Because when Dwelly steps in, he usually does an okay job. He's not much useful. He's not very useful outside of the Like, if Kittle is playing, because Kittle's out there. Whatever. Um, but, yeah, anyways. 
So Seattle only allowed one catch, and, and a but it was for a touchdown against Wasdwelly. This may be a touch bowl, but with Jamal Adams out for, I think, the season. Don't quote me on that. Um, I like Pitts to get his 2022 season going against Seattle this week. You can't keep Kyle Pitts down forever. He's just too good of a player, man. I mean, I know you're you were definitely in on Pitts beforehand using that stupid thing and I saying that I don't like. Um, but Pitts is just too good. He's more or less a wide receiver. So I like Pitts to get going this week. It's it's a it's a kind of a bull call, not based on anything other than a gut feeling. But start Pitts. I mean, you kind of drafted him to do so. <laughs> but you know, anyways. Um, yeah, no, I'm glad you included it. I'm going to go ahead and give you my quick spiel about Pitts and then continue on with my first legit guy. I, I put Pitts at the end as an honorable mention since he's not really, quote, streamable. Um, but I said starting with confidence. Uh, both those bad games did come from uh, pretty good defenses in the Saints and the Rams. And then exactly what you That's said about true. exactly what you said about Jamal Adams. Yes, he is out for the rest of the year. Uh, and the Seahawks are giving up the eighth most fancy points to tight ends. So, yeah, smash. Just play this guy. Uh, I picked him up. Somebody actually dropped him in our AFFB league. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What? And Juju. He, no. I, didn't, I didn't pick up Juju, but uh, he, he dropped Juju also. For all the reasons we just mentioned, folks, don't drop Kyle Pitts, for goodness sakes. If you need to bench him to make yourself to, to feel better about the situation, go for it. But I wouldn't bench him this week. If you really don't like him that much on your team and you're frustrated with him, trade him, trade him. Trade him. Yeah. And trade him for something. Don't for something. Another star. Someone's going to buy Kyle Pitts based on the name alone and yeah. ask for something decent for Kyle Pitts. too. Yeah, so, don't be so, like, dude, even if someone picked up Curtis Samuel yeah, off the waiver wire, drag trade Kyle Pitts for Curtis Samuel. Someone's yeah. gonna be like, well, I just got this guy for free. So whatever. Yeah. You know, it's ridiculous. So anyway, there's news what's for you your, there, what's, your, what's your first guy? My next guy. Uh, the first guy, whatever you want to call him. Logan Thomas of the Washington Commanders. Uh, they put, Hey, I'm, I'm triple dipping on this matchup. My apologies, folks. But I, I just think it's not being given enough press right now. Uh, Philadelphia Eagles are ninth worst, giving up 10.9 fantasy points to the tight end position this season. And we're up. Uh, fantasy points. Yes, I said that. And, and we're second worst last season, also giving up a second. Uh, let me be clear here. Sorry. This season, they're giving up the ninth uh, most fantasy points to the tight end position. Last season, they gave up the second most, while also giving up the most catches oh. and touchdowns to the position. Logan Thomas's snap share increased from 62% to 73% last week, uh, and he had, was the tight end sixth last week. Again, I think 46.5 over-under is uh, selling this matchup a little short. Oh, and, you know, Carson Wentz revenge game or whatever. But, yeah, I like Logan Thomas this week. Uh, because I like the Washington pass game versus Philly. Who do you have, sir? Uh, my next guy is a guy who we made a bet on last week, and I hate you for your horse naming named Tyler doing better than mine. That's right, Chris. You won yeah. the stupid uh, Kigby versus Conklin bet. I do like Conklin again this week, but I like Higby more. Oh, okay. That's <laughs> Higby ended up with 10.6 points last week, while none of Barn Burner was good enough to be tied in eight on the week. And this week, the Rams get the Cardinals, who once again are giving up the most tight end, most points to tight ends. Yeah, that is buoyed by a great week one performance by Travis Kelsey and then Darren Waller last week. But, I mean, if you're giving up points to those guys, like, 
even Darren Waller, like, you know, I don't, Darren Waller is not on the same level as Travis Kelsey. Sorry, Darren Waller, you're not. You're not Travis Kelsey, even Travis Kelsey being 32. Sorry, you're not. Um, maybe it's because of your quarterback. Maybe it's because you're just not as talented as Kelsey. Maybe it's because Waller is also like 32. <laughs> no, he might be a year younger. 29 or 30, I think. Yeah, maybe he's 29. Okay, anyway, go ahead. Anyways, so I'm sorry, Darren Waller. You're just not as good as Travis Kelsey. But I think Tyler Higby can be useful for you again this week. So why not check out Higby? I mean, he, I think he scored 10 points in the last two weeks. You got anything else for it? You got anything else, Chris? Yes, yes. I've got another tight end for us. I like how we were supposed to do two and we're doing like 20. Well, yeah, I know. I threw in Pitts as an honorable mention because, again, he's not a streamable tight end. He should never be dropped. <laughs> But I thought it was important to mention to people not to drop him. <laughs> and then, of course, just, just some reassurance to start him with confidence this week. Anyway, but no, my last tight end is Evan Ingram of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, 70% Captain snap share. drop C himself. Yeah, not this, not this season. Not through two weeks. Uh, Chargers gave up uh, eight catches. Uh, Chargers being their opponent this week, the Jaguars' opponents this week. We gave up eight catches and 75 yards to Zach Ertz last week. Uh, and while he only has 74 yards, Ingram that is, uh, he has an amazing amazing catch percentage of 92% because he's caught 11 of his 12 targets. Uh, Jags are going to have to throw to keep up in this one. Um, and you know, Ingram is 22.8% rostered, so he's he's available out there. You need a guy. You're in a pinch. You got your Kittle owner, or you 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 want to bench Pitts, and you, there's not a lot to pick from. There you go, Evan Ingram. Uh, okay, Don't I got two it. more. Two more. My dark oh. my tight end dark horse this week is oh, Will really Disley. Really do have two more? <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Anyways, here's the tight. Will Disley so far is a tight end 14 on the year. Yes, he's only uh, 6.4 uh, PPR points. Uh, I think that's supposed to be points per game, but he's getting Atlanta, who is allowing 12.9 points per game in, to the tight end position. Noah Fant doesn't scare me, and my boy Kobe Parkinson didn't even play last week. It's close to the bottom barrel, but if you really need a guy, Will Disley. Last and lastly, lastly, Dawson Will Knox. Lastly. No. Uh, Dawson Knox, if healthy, I didn't. We didn't put him in the injury news, but he's oh, dealing okay. with I think a bit of a knee thing. Um, it sounds like he's going to play. So Dawson Knox this week, I know he's probably not available to pick up of your way wire, but maybe he is. Dolphins are getting up to the, giving up the second most points to the tight end position. Chris, who's your quarterback streamer this week? Jared Goff. I mean, yes. I, I believe in him. I'm on Ross St. Brown. Jared Goff is the quarterback nine on the season, and he only has one pick. Detroit is fourth in total offensive yards. Uh, Dude, this is the this is what we were hoping the Lions would be. Yep, I know. I'm I know. not lying. I'm, it's one of the no only pun, things. No, that, no that, pun intended. There. That's it's one of the only things that's uh, uh, consoling some of my fantasy teams and my awful Dallas Cowboys. Although, hey, you know, we're coming off a win, whatever. Anyway, uh, we got that. We got that. Uh, this game is tied, at least, with the highest over under of the week uh, with a 53.5. The game is in a dome. I think Goff likes a dome, even going back to his Rams days, and the Lions also play in a dome. Although, to be clear, the game is... In Minnesota? Yeah, in Minnesota. Uh, I think the QBs uh, and the alpha receivers, Justin Jefferson on the other side, are going to want to show up for this one uh, from a 
you know, I, anything you can do, I can do better type of thing. I'm not saying Amon Ross St. Brown is just, is as good as Justin Jefferson. I'm just saying the way they play, they're playing this year division. Uh, Hey, my other big matchup was another division matchup at the NFC East. No, I I like this one a lot from Jared Goff. He is rostered in only 28.2% of leagues. Go get him folks and play him, play him. He's a top 12 guy this week. Okay. Uh, my quarterback stream of the week is the same guy that I had last week. That's right. I'm doubling down on Derek Carr. Last week, Derek Carr was my stream of the week, and he scored over 20 fantasy points. Yes, that was against the Cardinals' terrible defense. But this week, he gets yeah. the Titans' terrible defense for giving up 23 points per game to opposing quarterbacks. Derek Carr, you beautiful man, don't let me down. I know you will because I chose you, but don't let me down, damn it. I love it. I love it. And honestly, with, I mean... You can even throw like Darren Waller in there as like, I, I mean, you're going to start him anyways if he's on your team, but start him with confidence guy. Uh, because if, especially if Hunter Renfro doesn't play this week because of his concussion, that really helps Darren Waller. Sounds good. Sounds good. And may I remind you folks, just said this earlier in the show, stick around for our sleepers of the week. My sleeper this week is one. Ju- <laughs> Sorry, my sleeper of the week is the one Jacoby Myers, who is currently currently rocking a twenty. That is also my sleeper of the week. <laughs> a twenty nine point seven percent target share. Sure uh, is. Uh, he gets a very banged up Ravens secondary that has given yeah, up the most, the most passing yards in the league and give up woop the woop. most fantasy points to the wide position by a mile that's a 55 point this is per week 55.6 fantasy points given up to wide receivers second place 44.7 that's over 11 points there folks math is hard my sleeper of the week jacoby myers uh also may i remind folks to stick around for the question and answer portion of the show at the end of the segment uh we've already had a little bit of chatter uh, chatter there but uh yeah always stick around we need to remember josh we need to be better about that entice him to stick around I, yeah, um, my sleeper of the week this week <laughs> is Equinemius St. Brown, who's going up against the Houston Texans. He had a pretty decent week last week he versus the, the Chiefs, Green Bay right? Packers. Sure, it was only 3.9 points, but he looks pretty good doing it. He had scored a touchdown in week one. Yes, it was kind of a, uh, in Justin Fields scrambling around for his life, and it was only 7.8 points. But it's the Houston Texans. And I totally had these all prepared because it was actually 4.9 points that he scored last week in half PPR. Oh, he plays Not what I said before. Anyways, there we go. That's my stream of the week. I was certainly not just running on your coattails with Jacoby Myers. Sounds great, sir. (laughs) I was totally not right. All right, so yeah, that's that's the that's the meat and potatoes portion of the show, folks. Uh, always remember to submit your questions either throughout the week or during the show. Uh, to uh, and Chris, uh, how can they submit their questions? Well, they can show up live and submit into the chat, and we'll we'll show them here and on. Uh huh. But what if we're not streaming? Um, otherwise, you can submit them to Discord. Link is in the description. Uh, the AFFB Discord. Uh, both of our Twitter handles are in the description. That's at Josh AFFB, at AFFB Chris, respectively. Um, and then, of course, you know, yeah, that's it. <laughs> All right. Stick around for some screwing around, and that'll end our recording. So, everyone, 
Good luck in your fantasy weeks this week. And uh, we'll catch you next time. Have an amazing fantasy weekend. Yeah, yeah.